Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty Show. Week five is in the books. I can't believe how quickly the season is going. Um, And it just seems to be an absolute wild season so far. Massive scores, underperformers, everything happening, injuries, you name it, it's been going on. So let's look at and see what happened in week five. As always, let's start with the top scorers of the week. So at quarterback, QB1, Justin Fields with 33 points. He's put two back-to-back good performances in. Admittedly, not against fantastic teams. I'm really, really interested to see how things go moving forward. Obviously, last season we saw a similar thing where he was slow to get going, but really kind of from a fancy perspective, had some great performances towards the end of the season. I'm interested to see whether this is kind of a similar trajectory this season or whether this is just two games in which we've seen great fantasy value from him. So really excited to kind of see how things go with him moving forward. QB2, back in the top three QBs again this week, Josh Allen with 27.8 fantasy points. Although they lost in London, he did give us a great fantasy day. QB3, Jared Goff. Him and the Detroit Lions have been doing some really great things this season and it's quite nice to see him jumping into the top three quarterbacks from a fantasy perspective with 27.4 fantasy points this week. Looking at the running backs, running back one, going back to that London game, Travis Etienne with 36.4 fantasy points. He really seems to be getting going now um, and I think he hopefully will continue to be a running back one Moving forward, he seems to have the majority of the work there. Um, You know, Tank Bigsby really hasn't eaten into his workload like we thought he would. Still think that Tank is a great kind of handcuff to have and a bench stash. But unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be getting enough work at the moment to be in any kind of flex value. Um, Running back two, he's done it again. 
Zach Moss of the Colts with 33.5. This is PPR fantasy points. So obviously, uh, Jonathan Taylor back this week, the team had said that they'd be easing him in, but you can never really be sure exactly what a team means. But it turns out he, they did mean that they'd be easing in him. And Zach Moss got the majority of the work and he um, obviously you know, used that and was really effective, especially from a fancy perspective. So Zach Moss running back two this week, running back three, really excited to see this guy back in the top three because I think this is where he belongs. That's Brees Hall with 28.4 PPR fantasy points. Again, the team had said going into this week, all kind of pitch counts uh, were off and Brees Hall was going to be unleashed and unleashed he was. Um, he did have that really long run, which obviously uh, contributed to his fantasy points, but great to see him back up there. Looking at the wide receivers this week, wide receiver one, the guy from my team, Uno Jamar Chase, 52.2 PPR fantasy points. Obviously, T Higgins out this week. Um, Joe Burrow was in, on a mission. The Bengals were desperate for a win. And who did he turn to? His trusty friend, Jamar Chase. And that meant he racked up 52.2 points. Wide receiver two, fantastic evening on, on Thursday night football. DJ Moore. So if you had that bear stack at Fields and Moore, you had a great week this week because he put up 49 PPR fantasy points. Really nice to see those two kind of starting to connect. And again, I really hope this is a sign of something to come, but I'm still not totally bought in on that Bears offense. And I'm kind of concerned that things might kind of start to go sideways again. But I'm going to watch this space and, and see how things go. Wide receiver three, back in the top three again. He's really kind of putting it out this season. That's Tyreek Hill of the Dolphins. He put up 32.1 PPR fantasy points. Looking at the tight end position, I feel like this is kind of a top three from yesteryear, the last couple of years. Um, kind of feel like the elites are back in business. So tight end one after a three touchdown uh, game, George Kittle with 27.7 PPR points. Tight end two, Dallas Goddard. He's been really, really quiet this season, but they did say they wanted to try and get him more involved. And by did they in this game? So he came out with 25.7 PPR points. Tight end three, Travis Kelsey, even though he did suffer um, an ankle injury, which we'll discuss in a minute, um, he did manage to come back in the game, score a touchdown, and he finished as the tight end three with 22.7 PPR fantasy points. So let's take a look at the big news of the week. Unfortunately, we have a lot of injury news this week, which and some really great players. So that's really disappointing, I think, for a lot of our teams. So let's start digging into it. Looking at the quarterback position, Anthony Richardson, a promising rookie QB who was putting up some really great fantasy points. So the two games that he did actually manage to play from start to finish, he finished as the QB4 and the QB2. So really, really promising from a fantasy perspective. But unfortunately, he's suffered quite a severe injury. It's a, what they think is a grade three AC strain. Uh, a sprain of his throwing shoulder and he is going on IR so he's going to be out for a minimum of four weeks so as a result Gardner Minshew is taking over 
Now, Gardner Minshew, I think we kind of know what he is at this point. He's a mediocre QB, but I do think that he can probably continue to support the two main pass catchers here um, on this team. Josh Downs has really started to come along, and I think Gardner Minshew will continue to support kind of his progress. So I wouldn't be too scared of, of Pittman and Downs with Minshew um, taking over. Minshew can sometimes be a bit hit and miss. Um, if I have to play him in a super flex league, then, you know, I will play him as my quarterback too. But if I have other options, um, then I probably will take them. And of course, I wouldn't be starting him at all in a one QB league unless I'm really, really desperate. Moving on to a wide receiver injury, and this has got to be absolutely gutting for everyone. I mean, all of these injuries are gutting and, you know, we, we really, you know, feel sorry for all of these players. But Justin Jefferson, one of the top kind of uh, wide receivers or the top wide receiver to go off the board um, in drafts this season, he suffered a hamstring injury in that game this week and they've put him onto IR. So he will also miss at least four weeks. I think this is going to be a really interesting spot, an opportunity for Jordan Addison to really start to get more targets and potentially uh, break out a little bit um, on this team. Obviously, uh, the other wide receiver of relevance on this team is going to be KJ Osborne. Him and also TJ Hawkinson, all three of these guys are going to see a bump in targets as they try and kind of make up for the loss of, of Jefferson. So they're a very pass-heavy team, or they have been. I'm interested to see now whether that changes a bit with Jefferson out. But I think, unfortunately, their running back room is probably not exactly how they want. So they probably will continue to throw the ball a lot. And that will mean more targets for Addison, Osborne and Hawkinson. If I have Addison on my team, I am quite excited to see what he can do and whether we can really get him a fantasy boost. So I'll be keeping my eye on him over the next few weeks. We've had a few running back injuries this week. Um, gutted to see a, a few going on IR as well. So first one to talk about is James Connor. He suffered a knee injury and they're going to be placing him on IR again, missing a minimum of four weeks. Now, last week when he went out, Amari Di Mercado. So he's an undrafted rookie running back um, who came in. I think he was from TCU originally. Um backing up Kendra Miller. So he came in as the backup last week and I think performed admirably really in the role. Now they also have Keontae Ingram there. He had a neck injury last week, so was out of the lineup, but he has historically been kind of their uh, backup running back to James Conner. Now Di Mercado performed pretty well and I think they could be interested to see what he could do. So I do wonder whether he kind of runs ahead of Ingram. Now Ingram apparently is back at practice this week and may well be available for this week's game. They also have Damien Williams. Um, he was on the practice squad and they've just signed Tony Jones. So it's kind of a bit of a mix there of, of four different running backs and I'm not entirely sure where they're going to go with this, whether it's going to be a complete split, whether Di Mercado is going to kind of get the chance to, to take this backfield and be the leader, not necessarily a bell cow, but maybe, you know, the leader there. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens this week. Of all of those, I would be most interested in rostering Di Mercado just as a, a flyer, really, because if he does do really well, um, then obviously you have him on the team if he doesn't you haven't lost anything but because he is the kind of undrafted new rookie um, I think there's a much more upside with him than with the others I think we kind of know what we've got 
got with the other running backs there. So Dean McCarter would be the guy that I would be looking to roster. I don't know if I would necessarily start him this week. Now, that might be an error. Um, but I really want to see kind of how things are going to pan out in this backfield. Another guy who's got an, a knee injury and going on to IR, the explosive, fantastic Devon Achan. Um, he has been doing fantastic things over the last few weeks. But yeah, unfortunately, he's gone out with that injury now. I think that puts Raheem Mustard back into that primary running back role that we saw him in at the very beginning of the season. Now, Jeff Wilson is also eligible to return off IR um, over the next kind of 10 days. So he may well be uh, brought back up. Um, and I suspect once he is healthy, he will run as kind of the secondary running back in this backfield. He's been in this system for a while. They know him well. They obviously know him from San Francisco. I suspect that he will be that kind of uh, secondary piece there. But there's also Chris Bucks and Salvan Ahmed um, who were kind of waiting the wings. Now, Ahmed, he had quite a few touches in the first game or two, but he's kind of slowly been phased out. And it seems like Chris Brooks is probably the guy that's going to be the, the third stringer there. So if you're in a really deep league, might be worth rostering him and just seeing if he can do anything. Um, but really, Raheem Mustard, which I'm pretty confident, well, I'm 100% sure will be already rostered in all leagues. Um, some people may have hung on to Jeff Wilson or dropped him uh, with him being on IR. So if he's ar around, I would pick up Jeff Wilson just to see what he can do. Because obviously it's an extremely high flying offence. And if he can contribute, then he will give you some fancy value. Another um, guy with an, with an injury who may be going on IR, it's not confirmed at this point. He had a high ankle sprain. That's Khalil Herbert. Really disappointing to see that um, the other day. Seemed to get his foot caught. Um, so it looks like he's going to be out for a, for a good few weeks. Now, the next guy up is Roshan Johnson. Unfortunately, he suffered a concussion um, in that very same game. Now, that was on Thursday night football. So there may be enough time for him to get back and play this week. But there is a chance that he might not make it out of the concussion protocol. So the next guy who I would be interested in is Deonta Foreman. Obviously, he's been on that team, picked up in the offseason. He was active for the first game or two, but then they made him a healthy scratch. Um, but he's still there. And I think at this point he's going to be active. My suspicion once everyone is healthy or Roshan Johnson is healthy, I suspect he will be playing as the primary running back with Deonta Foreman kind of mixing in there in the early downs. So they both may have some value. I do think you need to keep a really close eye on what's going on with Johnson this week because Foreman will, of course, be the starter if Johnson can't go. So um, I would definitely be interested in playing him this week. Um, tight end injury, Travis Kelsey, really disappointing to see him suffer another injury. From what I can understand from Twitter and some of the, the doctors that I can see on Twitter, he appears to have a low ankle sprain. Um, obviously, he left and came back in. Um, and he has been practicing in the limited capacity over the last few days. Obviously, they play on Thursday night football, but I think there's a high chance that he will suit up for that um, and play through it. But obviously, just something to keep an eye out on. Just before we move on, on to our stock up and stock down, stock down segment, just to mention, obviously, another week of buys coming up. This week, teams on the buy are the Packers and the Steelers. So obviously, just don't forget to check your lineups. Make sure you've got those players out of your starting slots. So let's first take a look at the stock up. 
so this guy has quietly been kind of playing um kind of really decent football uh, and this is brock purdy quarterback for the san francisco 49ers now coming into the season purdy was actually going as the qb 23 in startup drafts obviously a lot of the concern we had was had he totally got the QB one spot there in San Fran and then obviously the next one was this elbow injury could he um, start playing at the beginning of the season how long would he be out would he have as much zip and things on the ball would he be able to throw it accurately following the elbow injury now towards the end of the off season this all the signs were that he was recovering well and we obviously knew that he'd become locked in as the starter when San Francisco traded Trey Lance to the Cowboys so um, he did start, obviously, in week one, and I think he's played pretty decent ball through five, five games of the season. He's, I don't think he's done anything to make them regret their decision. Sam Fran has obviously won and dominated every single game. From a fantasy perspective, um, Purdy has finished as a quarterback one, so a, a top 12 QB in four of the five games played so far. So he's finished as a QB8, the QB11 twice, and the QB6. I do think he's basically a cerebral QB playing in the perfect system for him. We know the team is loaded, and I wouldn't necessarily say that he's carrying the offence, but I certainly wouldn't say that he's holding it back. For me, it's clear that he's going to be the start of this team going forward, and it's it's obvious that he can navigate this offense um, at a very high level. So I do think that he's a locked-in starter for at least this season and probably the next few. Um, and he's clearly able to navigate this offense and keep all of his amazing weapons uh, kind of getting the ball and getting them winning. So I think he should be a high-end QB2 going forward. Um, and I wouldn't be scared to start him on a weekly basis, particularly based on the offense that he is associated with. So after having him as a stock down last week, I have to mention Carl Pitts. It really seemed like he'd been banished to the fancy graveyard over the past four weeks. And as I say, I did have him in the stock down segment last week. Of course, he then went on to absolutely prove me wrong and make me look like a fool because he finally showed some signs of life this week. He had seven receptions and 87 yards. But unfortunately, that was still only good enough to finish as a low end, tight end one. And that was obviously because he didn't get any touchdowns. He still hasn't made it into that elite fantasy tier. Um, but obviously, the targets and things in this game were promising. He had his highest number of targets on the season with 11. He had seven receptions and a 29% target share. So these are all really great numbers. Um, but you have to just take a look at how much he was on the field. This was actually the lowest amount that he was on the field um, this season. Now, the reason he's a stock up is because he's performed reasonably well in fantasy versus how he had been. I don't think he's 100%, and there have been lots of discussions percolating around that. Um, but even injured, like we do know, he is extremely talented. I hope he'll continue to see the ball, but I am a bit nervous about his usage and how much he's on the field at the moment, like John o. Smith is on for more snaps than he is. If you still think that Pitts is, um, you know, a, a guy that is going to be a, an elite fantasy option in the future, I mean, I do not deny his talent. I think he's supremely talented, but his 
kind of usage in this team has just not really been how we would want. And as I say, it might be because he's injured, but we know that Arthur Smith likes to kind of do things his own way. I think if you want Pitts on on your team, um, even after this game, he is a buy low candidate. Um, I do think that obviously with this single game, people might start to pique their interest again. If he puts together a few back-to-back games and you're wanting to sell him, I would do that at that point. I wouldn't do it right at this point because I still think his value is a bit low based on the beginning of this season. I think he needs to put through together a few more good games before you can get true value from him if you would like to sell him. Ultimately, it's difficult to know which way this is going to go. um, And I would like to see kind of a bit more one um, of his usage. So how many snaps is he playing? Is he going to be on the field more often? Beginning of the season, he was on. 90% 90% of snaps, now he's come right down. Um, and is he going to be targeted? And hopefully this is a sign that he's going to be targeted more, but we're going to have to wait and see over the next few weeks. Stock up. Talked about this guy in the top scorers of the week segment, Jamar Chase. So we did have a long discussion about this struggling Bengals team last week. And, you know, coming into this week, actually, as a Bengals fan myself, I was kind of struggling to see how this offense was going to put anything together. They looked really terrible. Obviously, Burrow was injured and he was just struggling to to get the ball out and throw, um, as we've seen with that amazing accuracy that he's previously had. Um, But of course, they totally ignored everything I said and they started to turn it around this week. And of course, that highlight was the performance of Jamar Chase. Burrow has finally started to look a little bit more like his normal self. And of course, with Higgins out, Chase was the main benefactor. He finished the week with 19 targets, a franchise high 15 receptions, 192 yards, three touchdowns and a massive 43% target share. Of course, that became led him to be the PPR wide receiver one. Now, I think his poor performances led him to potentially open up a buy window where people, particularly contenders, would be willing to buy him. I think, unfortunately, with him finishing as a PPR wide receiver one, that buy window is closed for the time being. Now, depending on how the team progresses, if the team starts to struggle again, that buy window may well open. But for now, he's back where he belongs with the fantasy elites. Um, so I think if you were looking to buy him, maybe at a very slight discount, you've missed your chance for now. But keep an eye on the team. They have been having the struggles. And if he starts to struggle again in fantasy, I might be approaching the, the chase owner to see if I could um, buy him in exchange for maybe one of these older wide receivers that are performing right at this moment. Another guy that finished in the top scorers this week, um, he obviously has to be in a a stock-up category because of his performance. That's George Kittle, tight end of the San Francisco 49ers. We know that he is an elite do-it-all tight end in this league. And historically, he was also considered as an elite fantasy tight end. And obviously, as we saw this week, he still can have elite performances. But this offense is loaded with skill position talent, which can make it difficult for Kittle to dominate and be fancy relevant on a weekly basis. This week, it was obviously his time to shine. And as a result, he finished as the PPR tight end one. But so far this season, he's either been truly elite or a tight end three or below. So at this point, he truly is a boom or bust fancy 
asset. So for me, I think that makes him an absolutely fantastic best ball asset because when he is elite, he's truly elite and he's giving you these massive performances which will give you, you know, winning weeks. But when he isn't, he's giving you absolutely nothing. And as I say, that's great in best ball, but in managed leagues, that's an absolutely massive headache. If I'm an owner of him in a managed league, I would be trying to sell him off the back of this fantastic performance because people love to remember how great George Kittle is and all of these elite performances, which I know that he is going to give us at some point in the season. If you're happy to know that he's going to give you either massive performances or complete duds and you're happy with that, then absolutely fine. Keep hold of him. If you're looking for someone more reliable who's going to give you top performing weeks or high performing weeks every week, then I would be looking to sell him. If I could flip him for Sam Laporta, I would certainly do that in a heartbeat. I don't know how easy that would be, but that would be the kind of thing that I would be looking to do. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So let's take a look at the players that, unfortunately, their stock seems to be trending downwards. The first guy we just have to mention is Ramondre Stevenson, running back of the New England Patriots. The Patriots have been an absolute fancy disaster for the past few seasons. The only shining light last season was, of course, Ramondre. And going into this season, he was the only Patriots player that people had kind of any expectations of. Unfortunately, the Patriots have even been even more woeful this season and Ramondre has struggled. He's currently on the season PPR running back 27. Last season, he finished the season as PPR running back 9. Unfortunately, there's quite a few kind of he's much less efficient. He's he's currently averaging 2.8 yards per carry and he's broken off no big runs at all. Last season, he averaged 4.8 yards per carry and broke off 27 big runs. So by now, he should have broken off a couple of big runs, but he just doesn't seem to be able to or have done that this season. He's actually got a lower yards per carry than Zeke this season, who's currently got a 3.8 yards per carry. He's also got um, a rush EPA of minus 20.2. This is actually the third worst in the league. The other thing that's kind of holding him back is that he has much less involvement in the receiving game this season. So his receptions per game played has dropped from um, 4.0 last season to 2.4 this season. And his target shares also dropped from 17.3, which is really good for a running back, to 9.8%, which is really quite low. So 
at the moment, I just don't see how he's going to be giving us the value which we drafted him for because he was being drafted as a top 12 running back in startup drafts this summer. And I just don't see any way that he's going to finish as a running back one this season. If you've got him on your team, he has to be a hold because you're not going to get the value for him at this time because his stock is, is down. I'm not sure that I would recommend him as a buy-low candidate either at this point. I think I would want to see a little bit more from him and the offence before I do that. If we start to see a few more signs of life, then I would be certainly looking to buy him. But I'm a little bit nervous that, that this season is, is not going to be a great one for Ramondre. The other guy that's stocked down, his offence has also really struggled this season. That's Daniel Jones, quarterback of the New York Giants. Another offence that has been absolutely woeful, um, although we did know that they played well above their target, uh, their talent level last season, things seem to have come crashing down faster than anybody could have imagined. The offensive line is a disaster. I know they've got some injuries and it's also clear that the team have been missing Saquon, who's been out with his injury too. And as a result, Jones has just been having a really rough start. He had one great game against the Cardinals in week two where he actually finished as the QB one. But since then, he hasn't had a single touchdown in any of the other four games. In the other four games, he's actually been unstartable, finishing as the quarterback 29, 33, 25 and 23. At this point, I kind of feel like he's even barely startable in a super flex league. Um, if I had other options, I wouldn't be starting him at, at all. Um, until I could see improvement from the team. It may be in some super flex leagues you have no option, but really I'd be looking to pivot as much as possible to someone else until we start to see a, you know, a bit of improvement from this offence and, and some signs of life. A guy that I've wanted to discuss, because generally um, he was drafted reasonably high, but he's not been performing to the level that we were expecting, that's Jalen Waddell, wide receiver from the Miami Dolphins. We absolutely know that Waddle is a talented wide receiver. We've seen it time and time again, and he's on an explosive team. Before this season, he's been drafted as a wide receiver seven in startup drafts, and I totally get it. He's a young receiver on a, a great offense. And last season, this offense ran through Hill and Waddle. But this season, I think the team is starting to get a bit more from their running backs. Obviously, we've seen that with A-Chan. Mostert's been playing really, really well. So the ball is being more widely distributed. It's not being kind of funneled through just Hill and Waddle. Obviously, Hill's been an absolute demon so far this season. He's just gone absolutely nuts. And there's no way he can be ignored because of how well he's playing. And as a result, I think that unfortunately that means that Waddle is underperforming from a fantasy perspective. He's just a little bit kind of the odd one out at this time. He's currently the PPR wide receiver 48 on the season and his highest finish so far this season is wide receiver 19, which is the week when he got his first touchdown of the season. The talent is absolutely there, but Waddle is just not quite doing it for fantasy at the moment. I do think uh, this could open a buy low opportunity for you if you're interested in rostering Waddle. So I would go and find out who owns him. And if it's a contender, I'd be looking to see if I could could get hold of him. The next guy I want to talk about is Sky Moore, wide receiver from the Kansas City Chiefs. We've been waiting for a wide receiver to break out from this Kansas City wide receiver room for the past two seasons. And it just has not happened 
it was thought that Sky Moore might actually be the receiver to do that as he was entering his second season in Andy Reid's notoriously difficult offence. So he was drafted, you know, relatively high uh, this offseason. Unfortunately, just doesn't seem to be, you know, he just doesn't seem to be totally clicking in this offence. Once again, Kelsey is the centre of the offence and Mahomes has then been distributing the ball out to his receivers. He's never been higher than third in the pecking order for targets, and he seems to have done very little with them. He's actually currently wide receiver 72 on the season and is completely unstartable. I think the most promising wide receiver in, in this uh, offense is, is Rashi Rice, the rookie. I think there's a chance that he's going to start to get uh, more and more touches. Um, I think, unfortunately, any fantasy value that Sky Moore had uh, in this offseason, you know, based on kind of the hype and excitement of him, has unfortunately disappeared. And he's just not in any way fantasy relevant. And I, I just don't think you could sell him um, particularly easily unless you can find someone who still believes in him and might want to take a chance for a, a really kind of cheap uh, rookie pick. So let's, talking about rookies, let's go to our rookie watch segment. So which uh, rookies have we been keeping an eye on and who's performed well this uh, week? So I've got to start with Tajay Spears. Spears has been quietly working his way into the Titans offense over the past five weeks. He's actually had a snap share of over 50% in four of five games. He's primarily been working as the receiving back, but he has gradually increased his rushing opportunity share this season. Um, and last week he had a season high of 43%. This actually led him to have a running back one finish this week because he had seven rush attempts for 34 yards and a touchdown and four receptions for 35 yards. So obviously that touchdown really helped him out. But he's really starting to work into this offense. Derrick Henry, clearly it remains the lead rusher in this backfield. But Spears has actually been the more efficient running back. I think he is an absolutely fantastic handcuff to have and have on your bench to Derrick Henry um, and I think it's highly likely he is a successor as the lead running back on this team for next season. I think if you want to buy Tajay Spears the window is starting to close um, so if you're interested in him I really think you need to start looking to make offers now before either we get a Derrick Henry injury or he starts to work more into this backfield um, and people start to see and know exactly what they're getting from Tajay Spears so if you're interested I would be going out to make offers right now another guy that who performed really well this week Josh Downs again he's been quietly playing playing himself into fantasy relevance he's primarily a slot receiver and he's been actually second in target share on this team only behind Michael Pittman in every game so far this season this week, he actually finished as a wide receiver 17 in PPR leagues. Um, you know, I really think he's, he's potentially going to be a bit of a PPR machine. At this point, I'm not sure he's consistent enough yet to plug into start up, starting lineups on a weekly basis. But I definitely think he's one to watch as he's now the wide receiver two on this team. And if we're starting to get regular good fantasy performances, then I would certainly look, be happy to put him into my flex spot. Another guy who had a great performance this week, Jaleel McLaughlin, running back of the Denver Broncos. Um, obviously, he was an undrafted rookie um, who signed in with Denver in the offseason. 
until kind of this week. He'd been paying, playing a bit of a bit role in this offence. But obviously, Javante Williams was out with injury this week. So he had his opportunity to have a more prominent role. Um, I think he filled in really quite ab admirably for Javante this week. And he did look like the more explosive running back in this backfield so far. This week, he finished really well with nine attempts, 68 yards, three receptions, 21 yards and a receiving touchdown. And I think that based on the way that he played, he may actually have played himself into a larger role in this offence moving forward. If Javante is back this week, I don't necessarily think that he's startable, but he's certainly one to keep an eye on um, and see what kind of role he's going to get. And obviously, if Javante goes out again, he's going to be a great handcuff to have. So I think you need to make sure he's not on waivers in any league. Obviously, he's probably been picked up last week, but he may not, or people might be dropping him again if there's news that Javante's coming back. So if he's there, I would definitely want to stash him on my bench um, because I think he is a good handcuff to, to own. So that is my rookie watch for this week. So we're about to head into week six. Really excited to see what that's got in store for us. Thank you so much for watching and listening. You know exactly where to find us. You obviously, you can find the podcast on your favourite podcast platform. You can find us on X at Five Yard Dynasty and obviously the main at Five Yard Rush site. And also you can check us out on YouTube. So until uh, my, my week six uh, review, have a great week. Enjoy week six. Anybody going to the London Games, have a great time. I might see you there. If you see me, bump into me, please say hello. Otherwise, until next week, keep rushing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 